For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. I'm a concert promoter. I'm not a, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a, a doctor. So anything that I'm going to say is just going to be my opinion. If it is something you're worried about, stay home. We want to see everyone there. If it's something you're worried about, go get vaccinated. Rock the South is on in Alabama this weekend. The festival, which specializes in country and southern rock music, was canceled in 2020 due to the pandemic. Organizers tried to reschedule for June 2021, but they landed on August instead. The headliners are Miranda Lambert, Luke Combs, and Nelly. Leonard Skinner was originally booked as a headliner, but they announced that a member has COVID. But Rock the South acted quickly and booked the Marshall Tucker Band as the new co-headliner. It scaled back a bit, but more than 20,000 people will show up in Coleman this week for the annual festival, just a week before former President Donald Trump holds a rally there. Live music has made a triumphant return in America. People are happy to be seeing shows again. But as COVID numbers grow and the Delta variant runs wild, people are a little iffy about concerts again including Dr. Mukesh Patel at UAB, the Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Infectious Diseases and self-proclaimed music lover, said live music environments present so many risks for COVID-19 transmission. If you hold a concert, whether indoors or outdoors, people can't really socially distance. He said that while we thought outdoor festivals might offer a degree of safety due to the open-air nature of the events, the Delta variant may still pose a significant risk if concertgoers are standing shoulder to shoulder. So I had to talk to somebody at Rock the South, which draws thousands of people from all over the state and all over the country to have a huge party in Coleman. Currently, the festival website does not list any hard COVID restrictions for the two-night event, and the vaccine passport law does not require proof of vaccination. Masks are optional. They caution people to protect themselves as they see fit. I spoke to organizer Shane Quick about the stress that comes with planning a festival this size what special considerations they made to keep fans safe, and how they plan to avoid a potential super-spreader in Coleman. Yeah, my name is Shane Quick. I live uh, in Coleman, Alabama, born and raised. I own a company called Premier Productions. We're one of the top five concert promoters in the nation doing nearly a thousand shows a year around the world. So we're you know, full-time promoters. Between me and my partners, we probably do two to 3,000 concerts a year. So this is, our, this is our profession, our trade, and it's what we do. And so what do you do with Rock the South? Is this your baby? Yeah, I started the festival, kind of visioned it. Being from here, I was here when the tornadoes came. I did a, a, an event here for years called Youth Quake which was a a Christian festival, Christian music festival. So, you know, I I just, I knew the landscape of doing a a festival concert in Coleman and obviously had a very close relationship with the city. You know, when the tornadoes came through, the very first event happened just a few days after the tornado where, you know, the tornado happened during the week. And uh, on that weekend, uh, we brought all of our people together and kind of had a church service on that Sunday at the fairgrounds just a few days after those April tornadoes in 2011. And I brought a a band that I've been working with 
since the beginning of my career from Atlanta called Casting Crowns. I actually started my career with that band and vice versa, really. But they were willing to come out and do a free event that week of the tornadoes. There was no power. You know, all of our churches and communities and restaurants and, you know, obviously first responders and volunteers from all, all over the country were just tired. And they needed a moment for rest and prayer and celebration of being alive and also just thanking God for being alive. And so we had over 10,000 people at that first event. And I think we raised over $20,000 to go toward the Red Cross that had been completely leveled in downtown. And so that was kind of our first introduction to Rock the South in Coleman was just something that happened organically. I had always wanted to do a country music festival here because I felt like there was a massive market for it. You know, uh, you can't drive from Birmingham to the state line, Tennessee state line, and not know that this market, you know, would be in, in favor of a country music festival. You know, it's, it's the genre of choice. So this kind of just organically happened, though, and, and then the city, you know, a few months later said, hey, let's do something on the anniversary because we were rebuilding at record pace and the city was just thriving, doing really, really well after those tornadoes and uh, the rebuilding. And so we did our very first year in April. Uh, the very first Rock the South was in April that year on that anniversary and uh, had Dirk Spentley and Kelly Pickler and a few other artists. Uh, John Party, I think, was an opener. Uh, you know, $500 opener. And, you know, well, times have changed for him. But over, over 10,000 people, the first, you know, just, uh, on that, just a few days after the tornado, the first annual, I think we had 15,000 people. And then on that third year, technically, which would be 2013, we went to two days and kind of went more to a traditional festival setting in the summer. You know, we figured we probably could only get lucky just a few times in April and not get bad weather. That is the reason we started the festival after all, you know, was because of a bad weather event. So we figured we needed to move it to the summertime, and we did that in 2013. But that's kind of a little bit of the roots of me living here and how the festival just happened organically and how it's been a very special thing for us, you know, for the last 10 years. If you could give me sort of like the elevator pitch for this festival, like people are obviously very familiar with Rock the South, but say they weren't, how would you describe what exactly it is? I've always said festivals, the great festivals, have to have something non-musical about it that makes it special. Bonnaroo, you go to Bonnaroo and the people there, they're a special kind of people and they care about the environment, they care about each other and you know, you can tell about the grounds. The, that festival is always the cleanest festival you'll ever see because people are picking up after it. Or maybe it's celebrating, a, you know, coming over you know, like a, a war. You know, there's all these vet, Veterans Day events that happen celebrating our veterans or winning a war, overcoming World War II, or endothing a peanut. You know, it's like there's got to be something to me that's deeper than just music and the thing that's deeper than just music about Rock the South is it's a celebration of people helping people, of of coming together in a time of need when we need each other the most. And there's people that do that every single day. Our our first responders, our police, our medical staff. Now and you know, we've learned in the last year and a half, they've always been there, but we've really learned it more than ever. Nurses, doctors, orderlies. The people running the grocery stores, keeping them open, you know, there's there's heroes all around us. 
And, the, and this festival is all about celebrating and honoring and recognizing those people. That's why we've given away nearly a million dollars to local charities, statewide charities. We'll do that again. We'll give away, you know, a lot of money this year. We always commit to that money no matter if the festival is in the black or the red. We've always done that. There's always charities on stage. Uh, we always recognize those people. So that's really the heart and the, the, the soul of it. And that's not a, it's a southern thing. That's a, that's a human thing. We've got a group of nurses coming from L.A. You know, we're going to hang out together Thursday night before the festival. And these people just need a break. You know, they've seen the worst of the worst. And these people are traveling across the country to, to come out and celebrate an event that, that celebrates how people help people in a time of need and, and what brings out the best of us in our American way of life. And, you know, the tornadoes in 2011 showed us that. It, it taught us, you know, we may all have differences. Some people might be for Biden, some might be for Trump, some may be for Alabama, some may be for Auburn, some may be Baptist, some may be Methodist, but when all heck breaks loose, we're going to be there for each other. And it, it did happen then. I think it'll happen again, no matter how divided we are as a nation. I think things come around that, that could unify us, but this festival celebrates that, and it's something that we're very excited about, and it's going to happen again this year. We're going to honor a lot of people, just as a lot of people to honor. Yeah, and you know, you, you described the the festival in terms of the philosophy, what it symbolizes, who you honor, the charitable giving aspect and nature of it. But it's also a big party, right? Like, how would you paint a picture of what you might see all day at Rock the South? Like, if somebody walks through those gates and the music is on and the crowd is alive, how would you describe what what you'd see? It seems right up Alabama's alley. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's. Uh... In regards to fights and arrests and things like that, we track that. We talk to all of our other festival brothers and sisters across the country, and I feel like we're as safe and 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 kind of a, of a festival as you're going to have. Obviously, people have scuffles and things like that, but we've always been a pretty down home, uh, you know, festival. Uh, you know, our our police presence always pretty pretty strong, and people just know that. They're not going to put up with a lot. You know, we've only been a wet county in Coleman for about 10 years, you know, so they don't put up with a lot. And But people come here, they have a different attitude. It's kind of an all-ages thing. It's not just college students. It's not just adults. It's kind of a little bit of everything. So, you know, what makes it a party? You know, it, it's we have something to celebrate, I feel like. And so obviously there's country music, and people ask, why do you call it Rock the South uh, if it's a country festival? And my, my smart aleck remarks always because country of the South doesn't roll off the tongue nearly as, you know, nearly as well. But, you know, it's, it's all different styles of music. Obviously, we try to have Southern rock as well. Uh, we got Nelly this year. You know, if, if you're a country music fan, there's a decent chance you've also liked Nelly, you know, with country grammar and all of these, you know, all of his uh, songs that he has with the Florida Georgia Lines and the Tim McGraws of the world. So people have been really excited about them. So we do try to curate the festival in a way where the music stays, uh, plays all day long. So there's a DJ, you know, that's just basically there throughout the event. We try to curate the festival in a way where there's a, there's a musical genre for everybody. And I feel like that kind of creates that atmosphere of, of a party. And uh, it's always fun. And, we, you know, we try to get better uh, every single year. How many people are you expecting this year? I think we're going to end up somewhere around uh, 28, 29,000 people. It's going to be right under the 30,000 mark. And so Leonard Skinnerd had to pull out 
of the festival due to a member catching COVID, but y'all acted quickly and, and you booked the Marshall Tucker Band as a co-headliner. And I can only imagine that must have been pretty stressful so close to when y'all are going on. I mean, what was that whole process like? It's nuts, man. I mean, it, Ben, it was, we had about 24 hours to do all that. You know, the problem with Leonard Skinner, losing Leonard Skinner on the festival, which and we plan to have them back, you know, when they get nice and healthy and get, you know, the world gets back normal and get them back here because they're obviously a, a household name in this area. The problem with replacing Leonard Skinner is they're a Southern rock band and there's just not that many left. You know, you don't have the Allman Brothers anymore. You know, so many of those guys have already gone on and, you know, some would even call a, you know, a Charlie Daniels guy, you know, as, as, as somebody kind of in that category, he's gone, you know, and you, and you got just a couple of days, a couple of moments here just to, to, to try to find somebody to replace them. And Marshall Tucker Band would definitely be in that category uh, of Southern rock because we didn't really want to replace Leonard Skinner with a non-Southern rock band because, like I say, we try to have something for every age group and losing Leonard Skinner kind of lost that timeless Southern rock artist. Luckily, we were able to get the Marshall Tucker Band to come out, be a part of it, stand in the gap here, you know, come out uh, this coming Saturday. And as of now, other than Skinner, obviously, all of the announced artists are still on, correct? They are. Yeah, all other okay. announced bands are advanced and ready to come on into Coleman, Alabama. I can't imagine booking a festival like this right now. I, I would be a ball of stress thinking about you know, all these artists are going to cancel and maybe fans will be hesitant to come. And I just wonder, like, what has that anxiety level been like for you and your team? Or or has it been pretty easygoing, all things considered? You know, to be a promoter, it comes with a certain level of callous, you know, and tough skin. But, you know, none of us have ever experienced anything like this. And, you know, we love this. It's what we do. It's what It's what we were made to do. So to so not over the last year and a half to not be able to do what you love and to, you know, as a promoter, I love to see people have a good time. I, I enjoy people, you know, being able to scratch that itch of, of live that only live can, can do. You, and we've learned this, you know, digital does not replace being there live. There's nothing like hearing the roar of the crowd and, you know, being there with the artist. And to not be able to do that has been pretty tough. You know, and we have obviously restarted a lot of our touring campaigns. We, we started back, you know, beginning or I think April or May, maybe May was our, our first tour that went out and we've watched things gradually change. You know, obviously a lot of your indoor venues are now at a hundred percent capacity. We were at one point, you know, 25% capacity. And so you're, you're having to learn a whole new way of touring and how to get artists working again and, how to keep focusing on making sure that it's a good experience, trying to keep people safe, trying to keep the artists safe, you know, and having all types of new backstage protocols in front of the stage protocols, you know. So it's been really challenging. Nothing's worse than laying off employees, their livelihood, the things that put their kids through school and pay their light bill and those sort of things. There's been millions of people in our industry out of work. So it's been really hard. You know, there's been things like the shuttered venue grant that went out for, to a lot of us uh, that's helped in that. But it's, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's been a challenging time. 
not for just Rock the South, but all the other hundreds of events that we do around the world. And uh, hope to hope to be able to get back out there soon and get get back to Italy and South America and South Africa and London and Singapore and places that we tour every year. The people there that we know and love, the, the building managers and the you know the radio disc jockeys and everything in between. You know, stagehands, bus drivers. These are people that we know and love and are, we consider family. And uh, not being able to see them over the last year year and a half has been the hardest part. But we do see light at the end of the tunnel and believe that better days are ahead. And you know, we're trying to prepare for that. We'll be right back. Look, COVID is obviously still here, and and I just wonder what those conversations have been like when planning this year's Rock the South Festival. I mean, especially having to cancel in in twenty twenty, which I know is a, a big disappointment, not only for you know fans, but for y'all, you know, the folks who organize it and are so passionate about it. But I just wonder what considerations did y'all make for this weekend as it relates to COVID? Yeah, and you know, look, a lot of this information will be coming out soon. You know uh, about some of these some of these things that we did, but I'm I'm excited to talk to you about it here. And we've we've had a lot of one-on-one conversations with people, but uh, there definitely have been some measures that we've taken. And you know, one of the major things that we did, Ben, is we expanded our footprint, the venue footprint. And so most venues out there currently that are open are running at 100% capacity. I know Bryant Denny, you know, that you know, they made the, the announcement just a few weeks ago that Bryant Denny would be running at 100% capacity. Your NFL stadiums are going to be running at 100% capacity. Baseball stadiums, obviously our churches are, high school football games. Uh, but just to take it a, a little bit, you know, further, and, and honestly, and to be fair, uh, we have 140 acres of land. So we have the, uh, the ability to broaden our fences literally to make a larger venue for our fans. So being that we had that ability to do that is something we wanted to take at full advantage of. We believe that about 65% is what we're using of our of our current footprint. So somewhere around 30 35% void of people. And so, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do, although this is kind of, you know, beyond standard of what we're seeing across the country currently is you know, we wanted to have a venue that's not at 100% capacity. Uh, you know, we saw this last weekend, the Grand Prix in Nashville was, you know, bumper to bumper, back, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Our people at Rock the South this year have the ability to socially distance and to separate themselves from the crowd. They do have that ability. Uh, you know, I feel like that's something we, we really wanted to do as organizers is give people the opportunity to be able to do that with our large screens, with a with a larger sound system, uh, with wider fences and views of the stage, our fans have the ability to social distance. We can't make them do that. Uh, we are encouraging people to, you know, obviously be be smart. You know, Ben, we've been in a pandemic for a year and a half. People know what's safe and what's not safe by now. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, we've been pretty educated with what's safe and what's not safe. Obviously, people have their own opinion about that, but, you know, we felt like the biggest measure we could take was was to spread out our fences and make the venue larger than it's ever been. So we're only selling about 65% of the venue, uh, which allows it to people to spread out even more and, uh, you know, to practice social distance if, 
if that's what they choose to do, we have given them the ability to do that. I heard you earlier on a on an AL.com show having a conversation about people rushing the stage. It's kind of been a, a, a thorn in the side to a lot of artists back in the normal days before COVID that we put chairs, we do continental seating in front of the in front of the uh, in front of the stage. So uh, fans can't rush the stage; they're they're not allowed to do that. So there's a you know there's a there's a there's seats in front of that stage, so they won't be able to run up to the stage. So no rushing the stage uh, was something that you know that's already been in place. It just so happens to kind of be in our favor. A larger general admission, so people have that ability to spread out behind the fixed seats. We decided to end the festival earlier. You remember back during the pandemic, a lot of bars were shutting down earlier, and there was a lot of research as to why. And people stay later, they drink more, they tend to be, you know, less careful about their own safety and being around other people, hanging on other people. So, you know, our festival is going to end at 11:30 this year. When in past we've ended more like it, you know, closer to 1 a.m. So that's going to make last call way earlier than it's ever been. So having the ability to, you know, shut down earlier, get our artists to play earlier is something that we kind of felt like was staying in line with some of the some of the research out there about, you know, ending earlier. Although we're not a bar, you know, it still felt like something that we could control, you know. If there's anything that we can control that allows people to to be safe and to practice safety, uh, hygiene, safe hygiene, we wanted to be able to do that. The other thing is hand sanitizing stations that we're going to have, you know, throughout the venue. So if people don't bring their own, you know, I've carried my own since day one, uh, but if people forget those, there's going to be that there. We're also offering masks for those that want them, you know, so we will have those supplies uh, on standby. You know, there's a lot of backstage stuff, too, from cleanings to the way our uh, vendors, you know, making sure that the health department is on site and making sure that these people are, are practicing safety in regards to our vendors and how people eat and drink. So those are some of the things we've done, Ben. I do feel like one of the massive, you know, most impactful things that we have done that kind of puts, I feel like, Rock the South, you know, in a league of its own, standing alone in this of not selling 100% of our capacity. That's something that we saw, you know, earlier in the pandemic when venues had a had a limited capacity. That's something that we've enforced on our own, even though that's not state or local standard or even or even national, something that we've decided to do on our own. So... All those other things, you know, I think are icing on the cake in regards to those things. But it is definitely something we we continue to think about, continue to watch. And we did take this very serious. And that's why we fought the extra fences and, and did all the extra things that we could do to give the, give people that opportunity to practice safety. Ending earlier, you know, no rushing the stage, you know, last call being significantly earlier than normal are, are all things that we feel like we could control. And we, we decided to do that for the safety of our fans. It certainly helps that Rock the South is outdoors, but even still, like festivals are not a place where you can easily distance from people necessarily, although this is going to be a large space where people can, you know, do their best to distance. And you can obviously wear a mask. You said the festival will be providing masks if you want one. And obviously, if you're vaccinated, the CDC basically says in recent months, they've said that. If you're vaccinated, you're, you're basically free to enjoy events like this with a little less concern. But 
there are going to be people who who might be concerned about the potential for it being a quote super spreader, right? Like, and that's for any festival or big event that draws crowds, not just Rock the South. So, what's your message for people? who are worried about it, but still might want to come to rock the South and see all these great bands. You know, I think it's obviously, you know, like I said earlier in the interview, I'm a, I'm a concert promoter. I'm not a, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a, a doctor. So anything that I'm going to say is just going to be my opinion, you know, but in that I, I feel like if, if it is something you're worried about, stay home, you know, definitely. We want to see everyone there. If it's something you're worried about, go get vaccinated. You know, I can tell you, me and my family have been vaccinated. It's something that we chose to do. Uh, as a festival, we're not telling people to go get vaccinated. Being, you know, that in this state, in this part of the world, you know, people don't react well to being told what to do. And you have to let people make their own decisions. I can tell you, for me and my family, we've decided to be vaccinated. The owners of this festival, we've decided to be vaccinated. Hey, I went and got vaccinated then, and me and my wife flew to New York and watched Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. And, you know, I'm so glad I did. So glad I got to see the boss on Broadway before it was over. I would say if you are worried about it, make sure you take full advantage of, of, of a larger venue and distance. I would say don't get yourself in a situation where, you know, you're packed around people that you shouldn't be around. You know, like I said, we're, we're an outdoor venue with limited capacity. And in a day where indoor venues are still 100% capacity. And I would say festivals are an easy target, but just because of the nature of what they are, you're not seeing nearly as many people talking about Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's going to have 100,000 people non-socially distant. You know, although I'm a Bama fan and I fully plan to go to a game this year, but it's you don't hear nearly as many people talking about high school football that's coming up, college football that's coming up, you know, bars, all your bars and restaurants are full uh, all over Birmingham. You know, the restaurants are full. They're packed. I, I think those events are no different than, than that. It's just on a micro, you know. But, you know, our goal is to is to do everything that we can. I think people need to practice safety so we can continue to do these things. There's no question that uh, if people come and act irresponsible and, you know, are not practicing safe hygiene and not taking full advantage of, the safety things that are out there from masks, from the vaccine, and from social distancing, or keeping yourself clean, keeping your hands clean, staying away from people that you don't know. You know, that is that is the thing about a Rock the South, and a lot, and it's always been that way, is that it's not one big crowd. It's hundreds of small crowds. It's It's people that are coming together. They all sit together. They put their blanket down. And they come in and they enjoy the show together. I always said there's a there's a thousand miniature parties at Rock the South or more, you know, a few thousand miniature little small groups of people that are hanging out together. Never been a better year to come and be safe and and understand. Use your common sense. We've been in a pandemic for 18 months. We know what we can and cannot do. We know when we're putting ourselves in harm. Don't do that. Don't do it. Rock the South. Don't do it at church. You know, don't do it at Publix. Don't do it at Alabama football games. Use common sense. Take full advantage of the, you know, the procedures that we have at, at, at Rock the South uh, to keep yourself safe. We work really hard to, to provide an atmosphere where people can stay safe, Ben, and, and I feel like there, you can definitely do that at Rock the South this year. Shan, I'll end with this. Why Coleman? Like, what is it about 
this particular place that you think you as somebody who is from there, what is it about this particular place that draws these famous musicians and then thousands of people from all over the state and country? That's a great question. I, I enjoy this question because I have a pretty deep reason why I believe it is. Number one, Coleman has always been blessed with a few things. One, in the 1800s, we had the railroad. It goes right down the middle of Coleman. In the 1900s, we had 31 Highway. It goes right through Coleman. You know, I think it was the 60s when they built I-65 or whatever year that was. I-65 goes right through Coleman. There's so many corridors that go through Coleman and make it a very central city. So if you pull up a map and just look at Coleman in relation to Tupelo and Atlanta and Nashville and Birmingham, it's a wildly central city. And if you think about your major festivals throughout history, most of your great festivals didn't happen in Atlanta. Or not that they don't have great festivals because they do, but, the, you know, the, the festivals that are famous and, and uh, that everyone talks about are, are festivals like Woodstock, which is in Woodstock, New York, nowhere near New York City. Festivals like Bonnaroo that's in Manchester, Tennessee. Festivals like Coachella, Indio, California, middle of nowhere. So it's cities like this that are, I feel like, a better host for a major festival. You know, they're not dealing with all the other challenges of traffic and, uh, you know, all the other things that those cities have to offer. Uh, these things are once a year. Coleman is a very good host. There's a lot of southern hospitality here, people parking in each other's backyards, and it's kind of like a family reunion every year uh, with people coming through here. Rock the South being right in between Huntsville and Birmingham is a big thing. You know, Birmingham's a good market. Huntsville's a good market. If those two markets were put together, I think we'd be a supermarket like in Atlanta, you know, an A-level market like in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, so Coleman kind of does that. Coleman joins those two markets together. Uh, our two major pulls are from Birmingham and the Shoals and uh, anywhere from Florence to Huntsville. You know, and the tornadoes and, and where it started and how it originated. And it kind of pulls on that heartstring of being something just bigger than music. But, you know, Coleman's a central city. The city really just wrapped their arms around it, too. I mean, if you're going to do a festival in a city, there's going to be a couple hundred people that just absolutely hate it. They don't like festivals, and they're going to be loud about it. And most of the time, a city council and a mayor, those 200 people are going to shape their opinion. They're going to run it off, and they're going to keep it from happening. But 200 people can't speak for 17,000 people in downtown Coleman. And they don't. And they've allowed it to happen. And then they enjoy the economic impact of it. This event brings over $12 million of economic impact to the city of Coleman every single year. Not to mention the countless amount of people that are educated and, you know, and of Coleman in the, it's downtown. And so when they drive to 30A, they're coming from Nashville to 30A. They stop in Coleman because they remember it. And they remember coming here. So it's a special impact on the area, not to mention the charities. But we couldn't have done it without the city and all of our sponsors. So many people in this in this community sponsor this event. It's a special thing. I'm from here. I can tell you there's there's very few greater things. I've had Skinner here before to sit in your hometown in Coleman, Alabama, in a field and see Leonard Skinner sing Sweet Home Alabama or Eric Church, you know, sing in Talladega. It's pretty special. You know, like I said, I do hundreds of events a year around the world. But there's none more important to me than Rock to Sal. So back to some of your other questions on that. This is my home. This is my festival. We take it very serious. We take people's safety very serious. 
and we love the people that come here. This is a labor of love for us, and it's something that we take very serious. Ben, so we're we're gonna we're gonna look out for people. If we have to zig and zag and make changes on the at a whim to keep people safe, that's what we'll do. I do believe that the standards of the way we're running the festival this year are above and beyond any national standard and even most indoor shows. So we're we're gonna we're gonna do this festival. We're gonna pull it together and we're gonna pull up our bootstraps and wait for next year when it's gonna be even bigger. And just in a few weeks, we'll be announcing our lineup for 2022, and it's the biggest lineup that we've ever had. And it's gonna it's gonna bring people from all over this country, uh, and we're gonna set new records next year. We're very excited to do that. We'd love to do it on this podcast, but, you know, good times ahead for all of us. I can't wait to we're all, you know, just living life without any fear, without any worry, without any hesitation. But until then, we're going to be wildly precautious, do all the things that we've got to do to be smart and to put people above ourselves, put others above ourselves. So I appreciate your time and allowing me to kind of share these things. I'm excited about some of these things that we're doing, and the whole public will be knowing about them very soon. Shane, thank you so much, and and good luck this weekend, and and I hope everybody stays safe. Thank you, Ben. See you soon, man. If you or anyone you know is affected by COVID and want to share your story, please email me at bflanagan at al.com. That's bfl. A-N-A-G-A-N at AL.com. And for all of our COVID coverage, visit AL.com slash coronavirus. If you have a COVID question that needs answering, email vaccines at AL.com. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thank you for listening.